0: Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. Uh, our rest of the day comes from Luke 11:28. He replied, blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That is Luke 11:28. Folks, this is the last episode of season three, I believe. I forgot to check, but we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just say it. If you've been with us for a long time, you know that every 36 episodes, for some reason, we end it and call that a season so that we are entering Season 4. I wanted to give a brief overview of Season 3, the goals of that, and what we will be heading into in Season 4. So Season 3, I I announced back, I think it was in July. Maybe it was before that, around that time, it was over the summer. And I said I wanted to focus more on the moral implications of everything surrounding Christianity. And I'm gonna I'm gonna head back really quickly. I'm gonna go onto my podcast app. By the way, I use Anchor. And I just just going back, we we discussed many things. We kicking off season three. Uh, we we started off with Orca captivity. Focus on that. Talk about PETA a bit, and talked about morals and. Book of Mormon racism Netflix propaganda, a lot of good episodes, and and then through August we I talked a bit more about killer whales, I told the churches to open up. Should we open up schools? Uh, more Book of Mormon stuff, um, and, and stuff generally along the line. So we got a little bit distracted, and then there was a really good episode in my mind, the butterfly effect. Uh, corrupt evangelicals, how our parents failed us. Some again more. More good uh, episodes, Mormon Tactics and Unwise Country. So we got very distracted in this regard. But I think in each one of those episodes, I got to more moral stuff. And you could see my mind and my focus changing throughout the end of the third season. Uh, The white Jesus myth, the demon that is Kenneth Copeland, uh, brought answering atheist objections back. And our last, our most recent episode, ignoring Happy Thanksgiving, an entertaining comment. So this next season, I wanted to focus on something that I've really, really been thinking about a lot more lately since I do show Christian Anarchy Today. Link in the description. Go check it out on the Heart of the Matter YouTube channel. Uh, the Establishment Church, the establishment that is the American Evangelical Church, or here in the state of the Utah, the LDS Church, I've been giving it a lot more thought and realizing that um, we as a ministry have to focus more and more on going after the establishment church. Because we can talk all day about how much God loves you, how much Christ is meaningful to you, how, how great God is. And that's all great. That's all fantastic stuff. But for a young Christian mind or someone that is seeking, where are you putting them? All this rambling about God's love does not lead them to a proper church, to a, to a good church that will actually grow them in their mind instead of entertaining them um, and having a rock band worship service or having a pastor that doesn't care to dive into the core of the issues that are facing the current church. So that is what I wanted to focus on for the next season. Now, at the very beginning of season three, I said, I said there's one topic in particular that I haven't talked about at all this season. Uh, but I'm gonna briefly go over it now. I haven't researched it at all. I just wanted to give you my specific opinions on it. And it's something that's become more and more irrelevant. Um it before COVID, it was very it was a much more relevant topic, but when COVID came about. You know, the politicians switched their focus on how they wanted to win their elections. And that is the topic of immigration, of the kids that are being held at the border in cages, supposedly. Well, not supposedly. It's actually what's being done. And you hear all the rabid Trump supporters come to the defense of the president or just blame former President Obama for this which he started it Trump continued it that's as a factual statement but uh it it really shows and this is relating to the topic in next season it really shows how disgraceful the church can actually be because when your political candidate that you spend so much time defending does something that is contrary to the very principles of biblical scripture, you ignore it. That's what the church is doing here. Because obviously, when you are holding children in cages separated from their parents, and there's 500 of them currently where they have lost the connection between the parents and the children, obviously this is immoral. What other just what whatever justification you give. And yeah, I understand the argument of well, it could not be their parents. You 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 have ways of figuring that out. You don't just flat out separate them and sometimes lose them, lose the connection between parent and child for months at a time. How on earth is that moral? But because the president of the United States that has 80% evangelical support does it it's not a problem but when president obama does it there's the problem you see the switch of it morality doesn't change for one's convenience it may hurt president trump politically if we were still in the election season now that he has lost it doesn't matter but it may have hurt trump politically if if the evangelicals came out against this and said, no, we we aren't going to support this. No, th- 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 this is a problem, Mr. President, you have to stop. It may hurt his core base, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because God wants you to point out the evil no matter if it hurts yourself. Morality doesn't change for your convenience. And me as a conservative pointing this out. um, This can hurt me if I were ever to get into politics, which hopefully I don't. The, this hurts me with the reputation of fellow conservatives because I am breaking away from the tribe of conservatism and saying, hold up, I have eyes. This is wrong. And this this immorality has really only been pointed out by what some may call the radical left. So by me agreeing with the radical left, that paints me as the enemy. Why am I the enemy? Just because I agree with someone that may disagree with me on how the government should run or or how, how high the tax rate should be. But I agree with them with one moral issue what does that make me? All of a sudden, that makes me a contributor, a contributor, a traitor of my political stance. All of a sudden, I'm not conservative anymore. I am one of them in conservative clothing. You, you see the circular logic of this. So we we brand ourselves, and this happens in religion all the time too. We brand ourselves with as. We we are in these tribes. I'm trying to formulate my thoughts here. We are in these tribes. And if you break away from even one thing, you are excommunicated from that tribe of thinking. So with the evangelical church, it can be the Trinity. Oh, the, the Trinity has to be correct. By the way, I agree with it. The Trinity has to be correct in all forms. The church fathers told us this is... A, the correct way to view the essence of God. But then someone over here will say, well, I don't quite get the Trinity just because the Church Fathers say something is true. That doesn't make it true. Or, Or we cannot put God, we cannot understand God, so it is worthless putting a named term to it. Well, you have to excommunicate them. Because they're going against the very doctrines that are supposedly true in the minds of the evangelicals and the Catholics. Yeah, you have to do it. It's challenging the very authority of, of the leaders of that particular organization. And there's many examples of this. Um, in, in my case, you have to believe that God created the earth in six literal days rather than six metaphorical days or figurative days. You cannot believe in evolution because the scientists and the science behind it have been painted by by the evangelical church as enemies of Christianity. You cannot agree with them because they are your enemy. They are a different tribe. We're at war with this tribe. I hope you, the audience, are understanding the connection here. The power-hungry evangelical church in particular, many other churches like it, make these tribes of ideological thinking. And they do this for a reason. Because if you say it's my way or the highway, this is Christianity and this is not then you hold the power over your members to follow that particular line of thinking. I'll give you a controversial one, and it's one I've participated in. Mormons can never be Christian. They can never be Christian. It's just too far afield. Now, personally, I agree that Mormonism is not a Christian ideology. I do think a Mormon can be a Christian. What defines Christianity? It is faith in Christ. It is faith that Christ came down, died, resurrected, and saved us from our sins. Now, you can talk all you want about temple work, about tithing, about whether Jesus is Satan's brother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on what the Mormons believe. But if they hold that one principle and stick to that principle and found and found their lives on that principle, they are just as Christian as I am or as any pastor is. Because faith in Christ, in the dying Christ, and in the resurrecting Christ is what matters. That is the core of the issue. That is what defines Christianity. Now, it is totally fine to have doctrinal differences. We can argue all day about doctrine, about the Trinity, about salvation, about the age of the earth, etc. That's all well and good. But you just excluding someone based on their different beliefs regarding Christ and saying they're hellbound or whatnot is not right. Who are we as Christians to judge? Who are we as Christians to judge someone's way of thinking? Now, we can sit here all day and say that the Bible in this verse disagrees with what you were saying. We can correct a brother in a loving way. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. And we ought to love them just as everyone else, equally. And you know, many LDS people, I would argue, and I'm probably gonna get some flash flashback from this, flashback, whatever, whatever the word is. Many LDS people are better Christians than most self-proclaimed Christians are. Many of them, and I've met them, because their heart is hankering for truth in Christ, and despite the circumstances they have been put. And despite the 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 misconceptions they have about scripture, about how God reveals scripture, they still have that heart. God looks upon the heart. Where's your heart at? I've had this discussion many times. What about people who, who don't ever hear the gospel? What, what, what happens to them? I think God looks at their heart. Where where is their intent? Because if their intent is wanting truth, they try and understand this God that created this beautiful earth. I think they will be forgiven by Christ's blood. Because what God... Would send someone to hell if you never even gave them the opportunity to accept or deny him. That is not a merciful God. Therefore, the biblical God cannot be real if that were the case, because that is not mercy nor grace. Continuing along these lines, and going back to the original point of it, establishment religion seeks to protect. Itself. So why do we expect it to think critically of itself? We we have to think in logical terms when discussing these issues. And I'm not saying it's bad to be a member of a denomination. I I consider myself non-denominational, but I attend a Baptist church. There's nothing wrong with it. There's preferred worship styles, and that's perfectly fine. It is how you approach different views. All right, I may think more like a Baptist, but can I still be friends with a Presbyterian? Can I still be friends with a Catholic? Can I still be friends with a Mormon? And can I still love them just as much as I love my Baptist brothers and sisters? That is the important question that we must ask ourselves. um, right now. And consider it if you're a pastor or someone that runs some sort of Christian organization. Do you exclude people based on their way of thinking, on their way of thinking, uh, part uh, when it comes to the gospel? I'm having a hard time today, guys. My apologies. One thing that I've repeated. Multiple times. And I think my co-host Steve Utley uh, in Christian Anarchy Today is really brilliant for saying this. We are so busy teaching people what to think instead of how to think. I mean, think about if we spent as much much time teaching young people how to think for themselves, how to think critically, and how to research on how to interpret scripture, yada, 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 yada. If we were to spend that much time on teaching them how to think instead of what to think, the Christian church would be much more successful than it is now. We would be growing rapidly. Because the problem is you teach them a certain line of thinking, someone comes in, and you never gave them a reason to think that way, right? Some atheist or skeptic comes in, they give a few objections, they have no idea how to respond to it, and it's like, oh, it must not be true then. I'm going to leave. I don't even like this church stuff anyway. And that's what I see happening with a lot of young people. Because at my old church, man, you don't question nothing. They they don't even put you in the adult Bible study where all the, the somewhat critical thinking goes on. And what happens is, is that we get taught, oh yeah, Paul had faith. Oh yeah, G- Jesus loves you. Oh, David had faith and he killed Goliath with a rock. Well, that's all well and good, but why believe it in the first place? And so you get taught all this basic stuff. You don't even pay attention to it. You participate. You're like, yeah, yeah. In First Kings, it says, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I go home now? Yeah, you can go home. You're in there for 30 minutes, and it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. They might as well not even attend youth group or Bible study or whatever group you have for your young kids in the church. Might as well not attend because they're not getting anything out of it. They may learn a Bible study story, but how is that going to help them in their lives? How is that going to help them grow in a relationship with Christ? They're they're not reading the Bible for themselves. And and if they do, if they open up Leviticus or something, oh, no, that's going to tear them apart. They're not even going to know what they're reading. Why are we stoning all these people? Why aren't we doing it now? No one's following the Bible. Well, they don't understand that there's certain context to everything. And that's a big problem. Um... It, it it's why since uh, the United States is becoming less and less of a Christian nation, it's why more and more people are leaving because they have no reason to go. If they get nothing out of it, then why go? Why waste your time on Sunday and Wednesday if you get nothing out of the Bible lesson, especially if it's not entertaining? The people of this world love entertainment instead of truth. The truth is not entertaining. It's very complicated, it's a lot to take in. But on your quest for truth, you have to be able to put in the effort and the willingness to be able to figure out what it is. I'll give you an example. At Sean McCraney's church campus, uh, which you can check out on YouTube, he gives these hour-long sermons on a couple verses of each book of the Bible. Every week it goes verse by verse. Um, and I was on my one year anniversary special. I was talking about it. I'm saying, Yeah, yeah, yeah Sean McCraney, great dude, going to his Bible study tomorrow. My friend, he said, Oh, I wow, want, wow. can I go? I'm like, Yeah, but it's a lot to take in. Now, keep in mind, my friend here isn't a Christian, nothing of the sort. I, I think he's an atheist, honestly. Um, but but he comes with me, and this this my study was especially long. It was like an hour and a half uh Sean going deep in into uh I forgot what book it was. it was some one of uh, Paul's letters, I believe, and he got restless and he started moving around uh, 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 just just all all going crazy during it and after that. After the Bible said ended, he said, Ethan, I will never come back. And you know what? I thought to myself, it's because he doesn't care about taking the effort into getting truth. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. That's how most people are. Heck, even I'm like that sometimes. It's hard searching for truth. It's hard to critically think especially when it takes hours upon hours throughout your day to even scratch the surface of what the truth in the biblical sense is. Or even if you're an atheist, it it takes hours upon hours of research to figure out one type of scientific theory and the reasoning behind scientific theory. And you can go on and on and on between different philosophies, different faiths, and you will realize that finding truth takes out a lot of time. I've been into apologetics and this type of subject for the past five years, just about. And, you know, that means I started in fifth grade. And at that time, you start with very basic stuff. So I started with Frank Turek and watching a 20-minute lecture. Didn't really understand that. I just... I just memorize the points he'd make and I'd spew out the points. And at around uh, sixth or seventh grade, I started making my own points and started being able to critically think and use that as a guide and use other lecturers as a guide. And now I make, I, I come up with my own stuff. And I'll listen to other people that challenge the stuff I come up with. And it's a process, five years in the making just for me. And it takes a lot longer for other people. The The lucky thing for me is I, I, I have a heart for it. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking with people. I enjoy having my views challenged. I enjoy researching. Most people don't. Most people don't. And most people never will. So you have to teach people how to think and try and give them a simple way of doing it. And that's my only point. So as we move into season four, I want y'all to pay attention to how I approach these things. There will be a lot of yelling, uh, maybe a few cuss words thrown around. I'm trying to lighten out on that. My mom keeps getting on to me, even though I don't even do it that much. That's besides the point. Um, I want y'all to pay attention to why I do this. Because realize, I'd, I had to go through the hard way of figuring it out you know, on my own mostly. Um, I don't want you, especially for the young people listening to this, I don't, I don't want you to go through that necessarily. Although it's a mind-growing experience, it's just easier to figure it out with help. And I want to be there for that. Not for you to accept my views, but for you to listen to my views, challenge your own, and go figure out uh, other ways of thinking. That's the whole point of this show. Um, and that's what I want y'all to pay attention to. You know, every season I reflect. Uh th- I'm moving to a different topic now. Every season I reflect on past episodes, on how much we've grown in my thinking and as a ministry. We haven't grown that much as a ministry, but um I, I just like to think about that. About me, my faith, my ways of thinking, the way I approach things, the way I talk, uh, the facts that I use, uh, etc. Thinking all the way back to that first episode. We have recorded well over 100 episodes now. And just thinking back, it's crazy. I'm going to play you guys a clip, at least I'm going to attempt to, of from the first episode. Right here, right now. Uh, and this is from Why I'm Not a Mormon and it's pretty gruesome check it out
1: this sexist garbage human being writing copying a book he didn't write the book mormon he copied it let's be real here i'm not going to sugarcoat it for the mormons listening he copied it and it is stupid how the church continues to lie they act all nice on the inside but what it is it's a brainwashed cult that has destroyed many lives and many people who actually want to find the truth Going back to the um, part of many gods, the Book of Mormon disagrees with its own doctrine, which is kind of stupid. If you have a Book of Mormon, turn to Alma 11, 28-29. Now, Zezram said, is there more than one god? And he answered, no. This is truly sad. Your own dang book agrees with your doctrine. It shows how Joseph Smith developed his doctrine over time. He didn't believe this when he copied the Book of Mormon. He started adding it when he started making the Doctrine of Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price and things like that. Now, lastly, I want to end with this quote from Professor Paul E. Minnis from the University of Oklahoma. And he states here It is safe to say that few, if any, professional archaeologists, except those who are practicing Mormons themselves, view the Book of Mormon as a document with any archaeological value. This is devastating, honestly. Uh, At least with biblical documents, you can get some atheists admitting that Jesus existed because we have outside sources. Since America wasn't that heavily populated, there would be at least something left.
0: Now, some of you may be angry at me for that clip. Some of you may uh, be questioning my motives, yada, yada, yada. I don't do that sort of thing anymore. I don't flat out call Joseph Smith a pig, even though I still think that. Um, But I find it important to reflect on past approaches, on past episodes I've done, and realize that I'm always growing. It's because of um, people giving me advice. It's because of me figuring out what works best. And it continues. It continues, and God always grows, God always changes us. God, God grows as he doesn't grow himself. Um, that would be strange. Um, he, he's always helping us grow, helping us always change. Always have faith in that. That's a very important thing. Always have faith in his divine plan. You know, a lot is going on right now. All the things are coming down, and we've almost become numb to all these COVID cases, which isn't a very good thing. I'm going to look look up the COVID cases in Utah. Cases, Utah. So I remember uh, a long time ago bragging. Oh, geez. Um, bragging about how good Utah was doing with COVID. And we were doing fantastic. I mean, during the early parts, only averaging like 100, 200 cases a day. And then we were scared with the spike. Things got up to like 680. June, and then it went down to like the 300s, 400s, and now yesterday, as of yesterday, we had 5,662 cases, a total of 190,000 cases and 849 deaths. Our hospitals are almost filled up. Many ICUs have no more, can take no more people. It's getting pretty dire over here. I want you all to know that God is still working during these hard, hard times. Because it is. It's very discouraging what I'm seeing right here on the map. Because this stuff just continues and continues and continues. But in the darkest of times, God's light shines the brightest. We have to remember that. The United States is experiencing 205 Thousand cases a day, just about, and that we we just can't sustain them. We can't, and I'm I'm not saying anything that you haven't heard. I mean, if you watch the news, I don't want to sound like CNN to you, but I'm just being real. Two hundred and sixty-five thousand deaths, thirteen point two million total cases. So of time and time again, I want to ask y'all, and this goes against the church establishment too, wear your mask, stay social distance, and you know what? Go to church as long as you're being reasonable about it and not stupid. Because if you're being stupid about it, then God doesn't give you some special immunity, despite what Kenneth Copeland says. He doesn't give you some special immunity to COVID. It affects all of us. So we have to be reasonable. I went to an a Assembly of God slash evangelical church a few months ago. Dang it, my phone's all the way over there so I can't turn off the ringer. So sorry, y'all. You have to listen to all my notifications. I, w- I went to their church. And I was one of three people that wore their mask in there out of probably 200. All crowded together in there. Singing in pastors hugging people and shaking hands. It looked like there wasn't even a pandemic going on. That is not right. i surprised they haven't had a massive outbreak there. yet. Um, we have to do better. For the sake of our neighbors, for the sake of our state, for the sake of our country. We have to do better. And there's a vaccine coming. It's coming in the next couple of weeks. It's going to take until May or June for us to reach... Uh, to get almost completely out of this thing. It's going to take a while. Have faith. God has everything under control. He has a plan in the midst of our anxiety. And remember, we live in the greatest country on earth. Uh, There there are countries that have it a lot worse, that don't have a a medical system that can handle this. Um, Things like that. So we have to be grateful for what we have. But also remember, stay safe, guys. Have faith in God. Trust in Him. Uh, keep us in prayer. We're trying to do as best we can for you all. Um, season 4 hopefully will be a great season. Um, I pray that God will make us successful in that. And we will see you here Wednesday for the first episode of Season 4 here on Common Sense, Christianity.